Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life & Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We're also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help visionary entrepreneurs to grow their companies through attracting and retaining top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Al, what are you saying these days? We're in the death throes of winter. It's, it is cold. COVID is still with us. So I'm, I'm looking forward to our podcast today. Hope it'll brighten up people's day because we've got a great guest. I'm waiting to say Happy New Year until Q2. That's what I've decided <laughs> because January came around and uh, there was still a lot going on in the world. So I'm looking forward to celebrating Q2 and I'm going to be saying Happy New Year in, in Q2 to people and hopefully it'll actually be Happy New Year. But I'm super excited about today's uh, guest and today's episode. So today's guest is Joanna Kimiech, and I hope I said that right. We'll find out in a minute. She is Vice President and Global Head of People and Culture at Maripost. Welcome to the show, Joanna. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. Well, it's been a journey to get you here because (laughs) our listeners should know, I really consider this a personal achievement to have you on the show because it was not easy to track you down. You've got a million and one things going on. I know you're busy and I don't want to make it seem like you were putting me off because I knew we had a, you know, we had the great little chat on, on LinkedIn and you wanted to do the show. It's just, you had so much demands on your time. So Joanna, I'm really happy that, you know, you're taking time out of your day to chat with us. So I really appreciate that. No, and I appreciate you sticking with me um, as everyone has been in, in this area and this timeline and landscape, a lot going on. So thank yeah. you for hanging in and thank you for following back up. It's, it's really great to be here. Yeah, for sure. And, and I've been looking forward to chatting with you for a while because just from my own perspective and the, and the work that I do, yeah, I think it's really interesting. And I think it's going to be really helpful for our listeners, for someone who's in your position in that HR space, you know, head of people and culture. Let's go back to the beginning though. So was your decision to pursue a career in the HR space an easy one? Like how does this all unfold for you? Well, to be honest, at first, like many people, whether they admit it or not, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I mean, I went to school and well, maybe that's a bit of a lie. After taking one forensic psychology class, I actually wanted to be a profiler. But after looking into that and realizing I'd have to take a few years of university over, that really wasn't the direction I wanted to take. So I looked into careers where I could use the psych and the profiling background for good instead of evil at times. And HR somewhat found me, I think. From that perspective, I started taking on new roles Pick the hard ones, which at the time I sometimes questioned, but looking back was the right move. I learned a number of different industries and then started to realize that what actually made me happy was knowing that I had helped and done some level of good for others that day and helped the companies get better. I remember going back, I was chatting about this the other day where someone once said to me, oh, you're so lucky to have such a great career. And I remember responding by sharing To be honest, I I don't really think it was luck that actually got me here. Like many current leaders, especially in the HR space today, I took the tasks that no one wanted. I did the hard work 
and I had to develop a true sense of grit and perseverance. HR is not easy. And anyone who's from this space who's listening will tell you that to make a real impact, you have to be passionate about it. A mentor once said to me, when you stop caring, it's time to leave. And that's really, really hit hard for the last two years, especially for me and other professionals in the space, because given everything that's gone on, if you still can't remain passionate about what you're doing, then you do need to revisit what you're doing. So many people and organizations count on you being there for them. I picked up on your very first point about your career because I envy those people and there's not a lot of them, but they seem to know what they want to do literally when they're in you know, elementary school. They say, oh, here's what I'm going to do. And they do. That's what they do. They, they know it at a very young age. That wasn't me. And, you know, like you said, I think this career maybe found me a little bit because I started out in a very different background, but I I found that an interesting point. And it is funny how things work out. I love the line about using your powers for good. And it reminds me, I have a broker associate in the US and he calls the HR people that he works with HR superheroes. And they really are. I mean, in, in the companies that I work with, the most successful companies that I see out there building culture, doing well as a, as a business are the owners or the founders or the leaders of the organization partnering with their head of people, their CH, what's the title I'm looking for? Either Oh Yes. Let's call them the superheroes. No, when there's that partnership in place, those those companies tend to do really well. And the other thing that you said, because I've heard that term as well, you're so lucky, right? And And it's funny, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And I mean, that's, that's a saying we all know, right? Because I've, I've had that too. And, and, and I think that's just about perspective. And, and I like what you said there, Joanna, it's not luck. Like you've, you've worked hard. You've put yourself in situations where you thought, well, maybe this isn't the easiest situation, but I'm going to learn out of this, right? And I think people who are willing to do that by default, you know, and I'm putting quotes, no one will see this, but putting up quotations will become lucky. So I, I think that's a really good message to listeners that if there's something out there, you want to you want to get lucky for you, make yourself lucky or is those opportunities, put in the work and take those opportunities where maybe some people will shy away from those. And, and I think that's part of the reason you are where you are today. Oh, thank you. Joanna, we talked a little bit previously and and I happened, I went also onto your, uh, your LinkedIn page and um, saw what you had there. And you, in our discussion, you know, you, you said, I'm not the typical HR leader. I'm a little bit different. I approach things a little differently. Can you just talk about that a little bit? And, you know, at the end of the day, how would you describe yourself as a leader in the people and culture space? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, my first answer was going to be, are we going with the politically correct answer or the real answer? And based (laughs) on my knowledge of the two of you and what people probably genuinely want to hear is the real answer. And you're exactly right. I hear a lot from people in the industry, oh, HR, oh, ooh, hire and fire. Or, you know, it's you get a whole gamut of, of response when you say that you're in the HR space. And to be completely honest, when I say I think I'm different, what I mean by that is I think I'm part of a growing group of HR leaders who see that what worked in the past is not going to work now or in this new future of work. We're different from what HR used to be perceived as. And although that may not be for everyone, I'm okay with that. I feel I don't follow the traditional playbooks. You know, I'm really comfortable with change. And I think that helps me to be open when we need to pivot. So instead of dwelling too long on the, oh my God, really, really able to quickly turn and say, okay, what now? 
Um, and I think that makes a really, really big difference. I'd say I'm a ridiculously honest leader. Our CEO would likely agree with that, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm pretty transparent. I believe that building and maintaining that type of relationship with your leaders and the broader organization is extremely critical to success. I mean, I'm funny. I think I'm funny. We can have a sense of humor in HR. And in fact, if you don't have one, it can make the job really tough at times. And I'm continuously learning. And I think that's important. No one pulled us aside in school and said, hey, here's how you shift a fully remote workforce during a pandemic, you know, with a pinch of extreme stress on the side. Do you have enough wine? No one really prepared us for that. And so knowing that and being someone who genuinely cares. And I think that's the real thing here. I think that's what truly separates various types of leaders, not just in the HR space, but leaders as a whole is that genuine care for who you work with, what you do, and what you're trying to accomplish. I find I become so passionate when I believe in something and what it can become that it becomes infectious and it helps others to see that potential too. That's what I really strive to try to do. I mean, I want to see other people succeed and to be able to bring their best selves to their teams because ultimately that's what's going to translate into the business also being successful. And the leaders and the CEOs of companies out there that are starting to see that are going to be the ones that thrive. So you had mentioned in there about change. And that's one of the things that we've actually uh, written into our guiding principles is, you know, life is changing. It was happening already, but obviously with COVID, you know, that's just, it's turned the world upside down. And I do want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you addressed, but we'll get to that later. I was sitting back there, Alan, and I focused on a couple of things because it, it really aligns with some of my values and having fun. And I've always said, if you can't have fun at work and have a sense of humor, I mean, what's the point? We're going to work for the majority of our life. Why not have some fun along the way? And I just, I think, especially in the last two years, as we're living through this pandemic, and, and personally, I'll share, you know, not due to COVID, but during COVID, I lost both my dad and my brother. And it was an incredibly sad time. And on top of every everything else that we've had to deal with and anxiety that goes along with it, if you don't have a sense of humor and be able to have fun. And I, and I look forward to, Al will laugh. I have daily huddles with my business partners. And I've said to them, I look forward to these so much because it's that time of connection and we will have a laugh. We've known each other for, you know, 20 odd years. And, you know, our business partner, Joe, will, will say something funny about the weekend. There's always something that's funny that's happening to Joe. And it really sets the tone for the week. And I, and I think that's so important to have that network, whether it's friends, whether it's coworkers, whether it's someone in HR that you're reaching out to, because there's a lot of, you know, you, you talk to the employees probably more than anyone else. And I think it's important to have someone like you there that, you know, you can reach out to and, and, and maybe, and I like what you said about not playing by the rules, this oh, hire and fire that makes you in my mind, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that makes you a lot more approachable than the traditional role that HR played. So I think I think that's important. I think that's going to continue to be important going forward. Al, I know you want to talk about some other stuff, but maybe, maybe we'll jump to that because I did want to get to something that is the term, oh, I'm so tired of it already, but it's huge in my space. And I know it's huge in Joanna's space, the great resignation. Everybody listening has, has heard something about that or experienced that as a lot of, uh, a lot of our tech firms have, have actually are living through that. But like on your end, Joanna, like what do you guys have to do as an organization to respond to some of these changes? Like you said it yourself. I mean, we had to pivot overnight, right? And we didn't go to school for this. Like, oh, when you run into a pandemic, here's what you do. So how do you respond to that? And then how has it affected you? 
This has probably been one of, if not the most challenging period in my entire career. To be honest, I would probably call this one of the greatest shifts we've ever seen in the market. And even more so, more than a resignation, I think I'd say it's a realignment. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that today, but you know, we've had a combination of COVID, stress, life, work, all colliding. And it's made people very seriously reassess what is important and what they truly want their lives to look like. It's affected everyone. We're no exception. Our organization is no exception. Have we lost some people? Of course we have. That seems to be the one constant across many organizations. So if people out there are feeling that they're unique or that they're not doing enough, please, please realize, even with a lot that is being done by many organizations, there is still this turnover that is occurring as people do these reassessments. In terms of what we've done, I'd say a lot in full transparency. It also always hasn't seemed like enough either. And so that's just being fully transparent. I mean, I'm happy to share We've quickly had to pivot. We've had to adapt to the changing needs of the workforce. Being remote has come with a lot of positives, but also many challenges. Where work from home used to be a nice to have perk, it's now a prerequisite for some to even apply or look at your organization and for people who are already in the organization to decide if they're going to stay. We've moved to a hybrid approach. So, you know, one of the big catchphrases out there is either remote first or hybrid approach, where we're letting our teams work from home or the office based on where they feel most productive. So that's helped with some level of retention as we haven't forced anyone to be in either spot, but having a dispersed workforce has had challenges, like an impact to some degree on culture at times. You aren't seeing your colleagues every day anymore and everything is on video, which is hard for some. And with COVID, the opportunity to see your colleagues socially and build those relationships has been drastically impacted. A big step we took was by elevating our approach to HR technology, for example, and we implemented a global engagement tool that basically takes the pulse of the organization bi-weekly with a few quick questions that are sent to gauge how people are feeling on a number of areas. So like people in the space will be familiar with ENPS, engagement scores, of course, it does touch on those, but it goes deeper. And it also asks about health and wellness, relationship with one's manager, with one's peers, alignment, ambassadorship, all of these areas that are impacted with the remote workforce in ways that we can no longer easily see. This has helped us follow where we need to be, what we need to do more of, and maybe what we're not doing enough of without waiting for a once a year survey to tell us what those things are. Now, some of the other things we implemented, complete overhaul of our onboarding process to automate it, send a welcome box with all kinds of fun swag to new hires, handwritten notes, hoodies, water bottles, the whole gamut, uh, and increased our communication with our new hires and the rest of the organization. We've added additional resources for mental health. We've created a quarterly employees choice program where employees can share ways that they keep healthy with all of our global teams. And this helps remove the stigma around mental health and allows for a sharing of ideas. We also got feedback on being global. So anyone in a global organization with that funny thing called time zones has really, really had to pivot and adjust because the feedback was showing people weren't taking time off because if they took a day, they were still coming back to 100 emails that happened somewhere else. So we implemented a global day to disconnect where the entire organization, regardless of country, 
was given a long weekend, the same extra day off with the expectation that emails were not sent where absolutely possible to give their families and them a break. Now, even with a number of the changes to how we work and train and onboard, it's still been a challenge. So we continue to listen and try to incorporate the feedback into our strategies and our roadmaps. We have to realize people in general are just stressed with life. They're burnt out trying to balance work, home, childcare. The pandemic has removed the ability to find balance by limiting access to activities outside the home, to travel, to being social. And we've done what we can to try and create remote opportunities, but we still really have a ways to go, I think. There is so much in what you just said. And I envision people listening to this episode and you know that little back button, you can go back 15 seconds and back 15 seconds and back. I think people are going to be listening to that portion of the podcast over and over again. There is so much there. And, you know, when you were talking about that in the beginning, especially about we're not in the same space anymore. And we've had a challenge with that too. And, and we've onboarded people that, you know, I've never met in, in person. And it, it goes back to, I remember the days and, and Al, uh, many of you won't know this about Al, but Al is likely the very best barista you will ever meet in your life from espresso to lattes. And he used to make one. My office where I, where I used to work out of was right outside the kitchen. So of course, when Al would come down and make, Hey, Robin, do you want a coffee? And I'd be the benefactor of getting this wonderful coffee. And we don't get that anymore. So how do you, how do you create those experiences and those relationships in the digital space? And we've gone to a hybrid, much like I think a lot of people have gone to a hybrid approach. I'm probably the most remote person in the company. And we've worked really hard to, you know, maintain these relationships and still build that, build that culture and, and still have that that sense of belonging. And so, you know, I think a lot of people listening to that, Joanna, are going to get a lot of value. And some people, when you chat with people, they, they want to hold their cards in like, well, we're doing this, but I don't want to share that because this is, you know, this is us. So I think a lot of people are going to reach out and, and say, thank you for sharing that. And I would hazard a guess people are going to want to pick your brain about this. So just warning you up front. Very happy to help. Yes, that'll be my third career. I've got that to look forward to in retirement, being a, my a personal barista. But um, the theme of your last couple of answers has really been around change, change in the workplace, change with COVID. And again, we saw this even before COVID hit, it just complicated matters. But you know, even with technology, you mentioned your unique challenge of being a global company and, and some of the unique challenges that that presents to you. So I want to drill down a little bit deeper, some great answers already, but I want to go a little bit deeper. Are there some, some key lessons? You know, you've, you've got a lot of experience on this and I'm sure that uh, you said before, you know, I love helping people. Are there some key lessons or learnings that you would feel comfortable sharing for anyone that's listening that could maybe help people navigate some of the, the things that they're seeing in their, in their particular situation? Oh yes, 100%. There are so many learnings. And, and I think, to be honest, we need to keep learning. As we mentioned earlier, there wasn't a pre-existing handbook for this. So like many organizations, we've tried to adapt, we've tried to respond, and we've learned money isn't always the answer for the challenges that we have or to retain people. It's not going to solve everything. Obviously, it's important. Obviously, it helps. But this is bigger than that. Offering a hybrid option works for those who want flexibility, but isn't always enough for those who want to collaborate with their peers in person or who prefer social interaction on a regular basis. So having additional remote social events is needed to help support both. 
it's a matter of learning now that instead of having everyone in one spot and trying to do things to accommodate that one spot, you are now having to split your time, your initiatives and your energy to make sure you are addressing every aspect of the workforce. One size does not fit all. So what one person needs to thrive in this new normal is not what another will need. So assuming an initiative or an approach will be seen as positive by everyone is not the default response. We've implemented initiatives that were thought to be great, but then they fizzled out because, for example, spending more time on video after work to have a social happy hour can become taxing and tiring if you've been on video all day. So as we thought, hey, weekly happy hour, everyone's going to love this. It started out great. And to a degree, over time, it would fizzle because people were just getting tired. So again, flex and adapt. We've really learned that what we have to do is listen. And this includes managers, not just HR. We really need to listen and learn to support and coach the teams based on the unique approaches that will work for them. One of the biggest learnings I'd say, and I've used this a few times in the last few days with other leaders, leading with compassion. So at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're going through something completely crazy that has tossed the world on its head. Kids have been learning from home while parents try to teach them and do their jobs on the side. Travel, balance, access to other family members, all has been impacted. The need to be flexible and understand that sometimes end of day may not mean a document in your inbox by five, but it might mean it's 8 p.m. as someone makes dinner, helps with homework, or desperately needs to go for a run for their mental health. I think we've learned a lot, and yet I still think we haven't learned enough. As this will continue to evolve and create a new normal, even once we're out of this pandemic. And I think people need to be ready for that. So Joanna, let's assume we have our crystal ball here that we're looking we're looking into and we're trying to make a prediction. In your mind, because to me, you're you've you've as you've talked about, there's a there's a lot of things that you've been do- doing. And what I like that I heard is it's not enough. Um, you're continuing to learn. And I think that's the side of a very successful leader, knowing you know, it's never enough, right? There's always improvement to be made. So in your mind, what do you think the future of work looks like? And, and what do organizations need to, in order to succeed? Maybe, maybe paint that picture in your mind. Sure. I truly believe that a lot of these changes are here to stay. Some people will tell you, oh, post-COVID, it's all going to go back to the way it was. And I wouldn't agree with that. I think that there's been a massive shift in what people define as valuable to them. They're no longer willing to give up everything for their job. And they're now looking for jobs that support the lifestyle they want to live. The work-life balance definition has now life at the core and work being adjusted to fit life, not vice versa. I think areas like work from home or work from anywhere are going to keep going and gain traction, flexibility, expecting market pay and benefits or above is not going to change. The ability to bring one's whole, true, authentic self to the table as people don't want to be seen as a number anymore. People have struggled. Many have lost and sacrificed and been given reminders that life is too short. They aren't willing to put everything at the expense of their jobs anymore. And although some of life will go back to what is considered normal one day, I think many don't plan to go back to how things were. And companies that embrace this are going to succeed, while those who don't I think they're going to experience high turnover rates, they're going to lose top talent, and will struggle to attract the high performers if their job expectations 
don't match what the candidate's life expectations are going forward. I think you're right. And I've heard that. I've had the conversation many times, you know, when things go back to normal and when we all return to the office. And, and I can speak from my personal experience on our team with ARIA Benefits. I mean, I've seen efficiency go up. I've found ways to build that engagement. And of course, it's, it's, it's never enough. You've got to continually to improve that. But I don't think we'll ever see that return to everything the way it was. And, and I think there's some positives out of that as well. I think it's freed up some freedom for people. I do think it's important, as you mentioned, to try to tailor that to your workforce and the people that you have. So there are going to be people who will want that interaction with people and, and maybe finding ways that they can you can still achieve that is going to be really important. But I think you're right, Joanne. I think that's kind of in the past now and, and now we've got to embrace moving forward. And and I'm one of those people who tend to look for silver linings in, in the pandemic. I'm, I've been desperately searching for those, as, as I mentioned during the podcast, you know, normal parts of life still happen during that to, to add to that stress. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things I mean, we've continued to grow our company throughout the pandemic and, and been adding people and it's been very positive, not without challenges, um, but certainly it's been very positive. So I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I like what you talk about, Joanna, in terms of the life becoming a bigger part of the work-life balance. What's that saying about no one on their final words on their deathbed are never, gee, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. Like that, no one ever looks back and says that. So yeah, I agree with what you were talking about. Any final thoughts to wrap up in terms of any advice you might have for other leaders who are, you know, again, dealing with all these same challenges that we are Yeah, most definitely. First, I'd probably say I applaud you to these leaders. I applaud the individuals who have worked tirelessly to keep their people safe during COVID, who've had to stay tuned into public health measures, support their employees who have gone through every number of trials and tribulations one can imagine, those who have worked hard to support a remote workforce and help guide their organization through some of the craziest times we have ever seen. But second, hold on if you can. Due to COVID and work from home and the insane pivots that have been required of people and organizations, HR, people and culture, however you want to define it, is finally starting to be recognized as the true business partner that it can and should be. Organizations are realizing that HR must have a seat at the table and those that leverage the expertise that these leaders can provide will be the ones who come out on top. Because for those of you who didn't believe it before, the new market has made it very clear. This is all about the people and those who listen and respond will be the organizations that ultimately come out on top long-term. So my advice would be listen to the people, be candid with your leaders and don't be afraid to throw out the old playbook and write a completely new one. And also take care of yourselves. You know, everyone's heard you can't pour from an empty cup. And maintaining your levels of passion for what we do regularly requires that you take care of your physical and mental health too. Things are crazy, but I believe you've got this. We'll come out of this on the other side and have helped revolutionize the way work is done forever. And that's something to be really, really proud of. Such awesome, awesome content. I can't wait for this episode to go out. This is going to be amazing. Joanna, I'm glad I didn't give up on you either because you could have, you could have been putting me off and you weren't, I know you weren't, you just had so much on your plate, but I'm really, really appreciative for joining us today and, and sharing your journey. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Merrill Post? Absolutely. Um, everybody can find me on LinkedIn. My profile is there or my direct email at work would be joanna at 
Awesome. Okay, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one. Thank you.